Shattering Scarcity by Mary-Kate Brown. Miraculously, our morning was going according to plan. We were up on time. The kids were already wearing their Christmas pajamas. Our gifts were ready at the door. And the only thing left to do was load the car and go. It was still dark outside and we wanted to get on the road as soon as possible so we could join family for breakfast. I began ushering my sleepy-eyed yet excited daughters through the dimly lit kitchen to make sure they used the bathroom before we left, while Brian loaded our things into the van. Suddenly, I heard a muffled boom and crash. I paused for a short moment, not assuming the worst, and continued with the task of making sure every kid had a turn on the potty. My husband came in breathless, red in the face, and said, The window just shattered. Visibly shaken, he explained that the struts on the rear lift gate of our minivan gave out, and the door slammed down, thankfully missing his head, shattering our rear window. So much for being on time. Inside, I fumed. Why this? Why now? I calmly redirected my kids to watch a cartoon so I could escape to the shower. I reassured them that Christmas was not canceled, but selfishly, I wished it had been. Beneath the hot running water, I felt too upset to even cry. Family dynamics alone were enough to make holiday plans stressful, and our broken window was the final straw after a month of similar mishaps that added to a burden we felt might actually crush us. Our car wouldn't start. The indoor furnace fan went out. The outdoor wood boiler furnace fan went out at the very same time, making the task of heating our home very complicated in the middle of a Michigan December. A drain pipe in the basement kept freezing and flooding our utility room. The sum of these and several other unexpected expenses meant once again, Brian and I cannot afford gifts for each other this year. For the first time, we couldn't afford them for our kids either. With each unexpected repair or mishap, we saw more dollar signs in the negative. We felt awesome. Ten years prior, as hopeful and naive 20-year-old newlyweds, we survived on weekly paychecks from our respective part-time work. I was still in school and Brian was a substitute teacher. We only had ourselves to worry about then, but I could still remember the sinking feeling I'd have when we'd go to buy groceries. We didn't have any bills that were negotiable, no cable, no subscriptions, no fancy smartphones, just the boring essentials like water, rent, and electric. We didn't go out on dates very regularly, and we both took any opportunity offered to make some extra cash, nannying, dog sitting, wrapping Christmas gifts for a family I worked for, or shampooing carpets in professor's offices on our college campus. We hustled and barely made ends meet. Returning from one of our shopping trips, I was near to tears as I walked from my car to our back door. Sure, we had groceries for this week, but what about next? I happened to glance down at the garden planted by one of the tenants in the basement apartment and noticed a small sculpture of two cupped hands with a bird helping itself to seeds nestled inside of them. A stone inscription below read, By his hands we are fed. I felt encouraged by that tiny inscription and would acknowledge it with a smile each time I brought my groceries home from that day forward. Little did I know how much I'd learned this truth over the years. Even after that newlywed season, it seldom felt like we had any financial margin. The same year our first child was born, Brian moved from a management position with a small company to an art teaching position at a small private school. With it came an even smaller salary. I struggled with this job change because it felt like we were taking a step in the wrong direction. We had no doubt he was called to this job in this season, and even if we wanted to ignore that call, all other job leads ran cold. During the six years he worked as a teacher, I had some serious relearning to do. The fear related to finances I carried with me only pointed to a deeper heart issue I'd not yet dealt with. I was afraid God wouldn't provide for our family's needs. 
When we found ourselves in the position of having to trust God instead of the numbers in our bank account, we became receivers of his unique provision time and time again. God, we trust you, became our continual declaration. We grew to understand that no matter how much income we had, if our hearts did not know our Father as our provider, then we'd always feel like it wasn't enough. We asked God to help us live generously, despite what our bank account looked like. For a good number of years, our budget was so tight, it legitimately made no sense on paper. But we never went without. Even with little, we learned what it meant to give joyfully. One day, Brian told me he felt the Lord prompting us to double how much money we gave away each month. I felt fear start to rise up inside of me, but I simply said, okay, let's do it. I resolved that God's kingdom didn't operate the way ours does. And even if we stopped giving altogether, I still wouldn't feel like we had enough. So why not just give more? For every month we doubled our giving that year, God somehow returned to us what we'd given and then some. It was a unique season where God showed us the beauty in keeping our hands open, ready to give and receive. We learned we didn't want to be like a vault made to store and protect our resources, but like a funnel through which they could flow. I finished showering, took a nap, and had a cup of coffee. Our parents picked us up, and we shared a late breakfast with them that morning. Christmas wasn't canceled. My burning anger over all the situations from December that tempted me to fear we wouldn't have enough money to fix all the things and to pay our bills ultimately subsided. The fruit of the Spirit is joy, and it is peace. Our current season is unlike any we've experienced before. We actually have a budget that makes sense on paper, and we live in a home of our own. We've learned to place our trust in His faithfulness and not solely in our own capabilities. We're learning to steward well the blessings we've been entrusted with. By His hands, we are fed. I have walked too far with God to doubt Him now. He's proven His faithfulness to me too many times for me to think a shattered car window would be our financial undoing. His provision had covered our needs in the past— Surely our window, our furnaces, and drain pipe weren't beyond his ability to provide. My kids opened their presents. It was just a week prior when my mother-in-law had asked what Brian and I wanted for Christmas. Honestly, I started, we would like to buy the girls each a gift. It was totally unconventional, but thanks to PayPal and Amazon Prime, three packages arrived just days before Christmas. Each of our girls opened their gifts from us Christmas morning. A doll, a telescope, and another doll. They were as overjoyed and as ecstatic as they'd have been if we surprised them with a trip to Disney. My heart swelled with gratefulness as my kids squealed with delight over their presence. I realized that once again, I was the recipient of God's unique provision. Thank you so much, Mary-Kate. Thanks for having me, Em. I just really love this story and knowing you and everything you've been through, especially this past year with buying your first home and everything. I'm just like, oh, I love I love the cupped hands and that image that you have in your mind of mm. God just providing exactly what you need when you need it. Yeah, it's definitely been quite the journey, but <laughs> even though it hasn't been fun at times, we're so grateful for it because he's just so good. <laughs> he is so good. Well, I would love to ask you the questions that are part of this series for writers who've been sharing on our blog. And the first one is, what is one of your personal strengths or your secret mama superpower? Hmm. Personal strengths or secret mama superpower. Well, it's funny because I was recently asked a very similar question for a job interview mm-hmm. and I was found myself a bit surprised by my answer, but I, I, I think it's factual. Um, I think I'm really good at being able to 
transfer my enthusiasm and excitement over something, a situation or an idea Mm -hmm. uh, to the people I'm speaking with. I just get, I get really, really passionate about things. Mm -hmm. And if I'm excited about it, just sharing with other people, I feel I can get them excited about it. Like they just latch on to my excitement. So, um, as a mom that can be helpful because Mm -hmm. I can just be like, kids, guess what? We're going to do this. And they're, they're usually like, wow, that sounds really cool, mom. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I try to use that to my advantage. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. And I concur. I think that's a hundred percent true. Every time you start a Voxer message to our team, you're like, guys, guys, guys. (laughs) It's kind of hard to not be like, what, what, what? (laughs) I know. Seats waiting for what you're going to say. That's my, that's, that's like my upbringing in the Chicagoland area too. The whole guys thing. Like guys, guys, guess what? (laughs) I think it's going to stick with me for life, but Apparently it works. <laughs> it's awesome. I love that. Great. Well, I'd love to know what is your favorite household chore and your least favorite? Oh, my favorite household chore. Oh, this is a hard one. <laughs> I, well, okay. So I don't know if you'd say it's a household chore, but I really, really, really enjoy gardening. I love being outside. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, I used to hate pulling weeds, but now it's just very satisfying yeah. <laughs> because you can just, you see like this almost instant transformation, even if like all that's there is mulch and dead plants. Like you get the dead plants and dead leaves out and then you have this like blank slate and it's just so satisfying to be like, look at my garden. It's empty. It's ready to go. And then obviously when the flowers start blooming. It's just even more. It just fills my heart. And in the summertime, I go outside every day and I just, just watch my flowers and I watch the Mm -hmm. bees. And I, I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy being outside and gardening and living in a new home. I am like itching for spring to come because I'm so excited to, you know, find out what's there. So Mm -hmm. I would say that, and it's another, it's another task that like our family enjoys doing together. And so I think that is part of why I love it so much is because, once my kids see me put on like old shoes and, you know, an old sweater and grab some gardening gloves, they're like, are you gardening? I'm going to come too. So <laughs> it's a group effort. Um, and I think, yeah. Oh yeah. I cannot wait for spring. Um, and I think my least favorite like household task would have to be, it's a simple one, but taking out the trash. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you take it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know why I've just never liked it. it. It takes like 60 seconds to walk out the door and outside, but I think it's just because it's like heavy and then you have to hoist it up into the can and like the cans are tall. And then if it's snowy out, you have to put boots on and it's just I don't know. I just don't yeah. like it. So. Yeah. Well, you are in good company. I don't think I gave that answer when I answered this question, but that is <laughs> honestly the thing that I hate the most, which is why I feel like through several pregnancies, I just made a rule. If I'm pregnant, I don't, I don't take the trash out. You, I'm not going to hoist it and I'm not going to, we also do have like a larger than average receptacle for trash. Yeah. So it was legitimately heavy, <laughs> but um, yeah. it was also a little bit of an excuse to not have to do it. And now my right. older kids, I have three older kids that are big enough to take it out. So I outsource that. <laughs> hey, I mean, th- there's perks having older children. Mine are still shorter than our trash can. So, <laughs> no. so I can't do that. But when I was, you know, when I was younger and in high school and, yeah. you know, living with mom and dad still, my, my dad be like, you need to, somebody to take the trash out, take the trash out. And you know, they would, my dad was like, 
my parents were divorced and we lived with my dad. And so, you know, the trash would fill and <laughs> he's like, somebody needs to take this out. And I'd be like, no, that's a job for boys. You need to ask my brother, Danny to go do it. And it, it worked. So even then I was like, <laughs> was to it. my excuse was it's for boys, not girls. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's funny because I, I actually don't mind taking out the trash if I'm not the person who has <laughs> gone through all of the kitchen cleaning, all of the, like if I've cleaned out the fridge or whatever is like mostly filling up the trash. If I'm not the one that put it all there, then yeah. sure, I'll run it outside really quick. No big deal. But I feel like <laughs> it's like that last step when you've gone through the house to try to get tidied up and get the trash out. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. Like I can only do one part of that process before I'm like, <laughs> I'm out guys. <laughs> well, like, can I just not have the one thing? Like, can yeah. I just not do this one thing? I do. Exactly. Five million other. Apparently, we have a lot to say about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay, last question. Okay. Since we're in the middle of the Peaceful Home series, I would love to know how you find, create, or cultivate peace in your home. Mm, this is a really good one. And I'm looking forward to hearing all the other answers. I would say, for me, I really went through a season where I I felt like we were in a living situation where the peace just wasn't present at, at, at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole other story, but I feel like what God wanted to teach me was yeah. that peace wasn't a result of, you know, where I lived or what I did or what I didn't do, but that it's a result of fellowship with him, mm-hmm. that Jesus himself is the Prince of peace. And that that is like the true source of peace in our lives. And I just, I don't know. I just really had to learn what that looked like, what it looked like to cultivate like my relationship with the Lord and to be in fellowship and communion with him to let the peace that I wanted to see in my home and in my life, you know, mm-hmm. flow from out of me and not be due to the external, you know, right. things around me in my home. So I would say that's definitely number one. But of course, like, I mean, I think most of us moms feel like, there's a never ending to-do list and we cannot just sit down and relax and enjoy if things are left undone. And so there are certain tasks, like just on the practical side of things. I'm like, if I can get the kitchen picked up and dishes done at night, then I feel like I can, you know, finally relax at the end of the day. If that's left undone, I just know what awaits me in the morning and it's not peaceful. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. so I would say like those couple of things on the spiritual, but also practical side are really, really big deals for me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mary Kate. I appreciate you and I love that you're part of our team and grateful to have this piece of yours to share for the Peaceful Home series. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Emily.